Hello, and a beautiful day to you. Welcome to Being Witchy, where I talk about how anyone can be a witch, do witchcraft on a budget, and help you connect with what may work for you. I'm your witchy host, Michelle Lorraine, and I'm so grateful to be able to spend this time with you. Just a friendly reminder that being a witch is not a bad thing. If you're just listening in on this episode for the first time, I'd like to emphasize that witches are actually the best people you know. At least I like to think so. We have a high level of care for our environment. We have deep intentions for kindness and healing towards others. And we have intentions of kindness and healing for ourselves. With each episode, I like to give you a daily tarot reading, provide a journal and meditation prompt, and talk about a tool of the practice. I encourage you to take notes, but if you'd like to just listen, that's okay too. I'll be providing my podcast notes on my website at potionsandparchment.com. Let's start today with a reading. Today is October 19th, 2021. I have pulled the Seven of Wands as a card for our guidance today. You know, I've been noticing seven seems to be the number of the week as we all strive for perfection. I think this is going to be important as it relates to the gibbous moon, the waxing gibbous moon, and the full moon coming up pretty soon, which is something I'm going to talk about after the reading and journal prompt. Okay, so this card tells us to hold true to our convictions and stay strong in the standards we have set for what we deserve in this life. You may have things happening that are really trying to throw you off your game, but just be mindful of your reactions. If you're having a moment of anger, which, hey, it all happens, it always happens to us, right? If we're having a moment of anger, we're really reacting to something, take a break before returning to the conversation. A lot of times that break is everything you need to make something a good outcome or a bad outcome. It's not that you're not justified in feeling the way you do, but it's really going to be helpful to take a calm approach and that's going to be more effective toward your goals. Now let's talk about love. It's okay in your relationship to ask for what you want. After all, the joy of love and being in a relationship is both give and take for you and your partner. Your partner might not be clear on what it is you truly need from them today. Don't make the mistake of playing the game of mystery. They might not be able to pick up on your hints. Simply be honest in a loving and kind way, and it will enable you both to feel a little closer to each other. If you're dating, there may be a lot of choices to be made in this situation. It can be really easy to overlook a lot of things when the possibility of a relationship awaits. But be careful, don't compromise on your standards. You don't want to give up everything of who you are just to get some love that you might not be ready for. Sometimes it's worth waiting a bit longer for someone who is willing to care for you in the ways you really want to and need to be cared for. Now let's talk about your finances for a minute. If you're really worried today about all the things you have to pay for, it's totally understandable. Costs of goods have gone up, and just know that you're not alone in feeling the pinch. Let your family and friends know that you may have to be a little bit frugal for the holidays this year, and kind of the benefit to that is it might let them off the hook if they need to be taking some more frugal approaches as well. 
It's kind of the gift giving in and of itself. Stay smart about your spending. If you're, ha- if you're shopping online, use a shopping cart to do a little thinking. Perhaps as you're putting things in there, wait five days to purchase, come back and revisit it to see if you really still want or need those items. It's important right now to remain patient as things will slowly begin to balance out over the coming year. Take some small actions to increase your income wherever you can. Maybe observe work that others are doing and consider if it's something that you may want to try. Within your job or career, or maybe even school, it's always possible to make mistakes. It happens to all of us at some point in time. But remember that your colleagues or classmates have probably noticed it. It might not be as under the radar as you may think. Staying quiet may backfire. It can make you seem like you didn't want to take accountability for that mistake and that you don't want to make corrections. And that might not be true. It's better to go ahead and talk about it, admit that you might have been wrong or had a misstep or misunderstood some communication, and explain to others how you'll work through it to correct it and make sure it's not repeated. This is a mega powerful move to increase respect and understanding from your peers. Everyone understands the situation as they've done some mistakes in their careers themselves and they'll really respect you for your honesty and accountability. With regards to our family, I wonder, have you ever heard the phrase, too many chefs in the kitchen? This card is telling us that there might be some disagreement in the way things are done at home. In the grand scheme of things, you may wanna ask yourself, are those little processes as important as having a happy and peaceful home. Are you giving into their processes as much as you would like them to give into yours? This could be a good time to have a conversation about compromise and see what solutions you both can come up with that would work for both of you. And remember that part of making a compromise means actually being willing to let go of part of what you want in order to meet them in the middle. Be kind and calm keep working at it, and you'll likely be able to make it work. Okay, now I'd like to give you your journal and meditation prompt for the day. If you have a notebook, you may want to write these down, or you can use an app or device on your phone, or if you prefer not to write, you can listen and use this as your meditation. Here are three questions to ponder upon. First one is, what situations do you have or may have that might require some negotiation? The second question is, what are some benefits you can offer the other party in exchange for the thing you'd like to ask for? People love knowing they will benefit in an exchange and thinking of the benefits may help you reach your goal with them. And the third question is pretty important. Is what you want really necessary? While you can offer some benefits to negotiate on something that can help you reach a goal, there is a balance to consider. If you get the feeling or you're getting some reaction from them that there are some 
pretty deep discomfort in the negotiation process, maybe it's a time to let go. Ask if you really need it. Ultimately, it's their choice whether or not to give that to you, and they do deserve some agency to make that decision, and they do deserve for it to be honored. That will make for a more productive and kind longer-term relationship with, with this person, and it can really be worth it in the end. Okay, now I'd like to talk about a tool of the practice. I'm gonna talk about moon phases and timing your spell work with those moon phases. It's also called lunar magic. So far, I've discussed a number of ways to get started, such as setting up your altar, working with some essential tools, and then doing some work with candles, stones and crystals, and then some materials you may already have on hand, such as herbs and spices and food items. Today, you'll get to learn how to do some of your work that corresponds with certain attributes of each of the moon phase. Today, I'm gonna to go over the waxing or getting bigger moon phases all the way to the full moon. And then tomorrow, I'm gonna to go over the waning or getting smaller moon phases of the moon. If you're interested in the path of witchcraft, you have probably always admired the moon. Honestly, I think everyone does. It's so beautiful. But it seems that witches often say they have an extra special calling to it and feel especially sensitive to all of the phases of the moon or maybe certain ones. It really is the most beautiful natural satellite from Mother Earth and what's not to admire, right? Now, scientifically speaking, the moon truly affects some things in our lives. It affects the ocean tides, the weather, our sleep patterns, and the cycle of life for many living things. There are even flowers that bloom beautifully at night to capture the light of the moon. Many witches believe that by connecting spell work with certain faces of the moon gives the spell casting an extra boost of power. So that's why I'd like to talk about it today and share with you what phases of the moon are and the typical types of spells performed during each phase. I'll even give you a spell. There are eight phases of the moon. If you want to write them down, here's what they are. The new moon, sometimes also called the dark moon, is when the moon is totally dark. It's sitting in between the earth and the sun. That's why you don't see it. The second phase is the waxing crescent. crescent. It's in a crescent shape, and the waxing means it's growing bigger toward the full moon. The third phase is called first quarter. This is the half moon in the phase where the moon is getting bigger. The fourth one is the waxing gibbous. Gibbous means that it's kind of three quarters full. And the waxing, of course, means it's in the getting bigger phase. And then, of course, we all know about the full moon. Then the sixth phase is the waning gibbous. Again, it's about three quarters full, but it's in the waning or getting smaller phase. The seventh phase is the last quarter, the half moon that's getting smaller in this phase or waning phase. And then the last one is the waning crescent moon. And that is in the crescent shape again, just before it's a new moon. Let's start with a new moon specifically. 
The new moon, again, also called the dark moon, is resting in between the sun and the earth, so you don't see it. This phase is associated with a rebirth and reflection on ourselves. It's a good time to do some analysis on our own patterns of behavior or habits, to set aside some quiet times for introspection, curiosity, and deep thinking. Many witches use this time to do some cleanup and redecorate their altars for perhaps another season or a particular month. This is a time that they also take cleansing baths, write down some plans for spells during the upcoming moon phases. And hey, if you have a book of shadows, this is a fun time to decorate it. Some of the items that you select for decoration may have some intuitive hints to it about you and that of your intentions, which may clarify some aspects of those over the next 28 days. The types of spells that witches like to cast during this time are spells for protection, cleansing, peacefulness, and good luck. A spell that you might like to cast would be perhaps lighting a white candle, burning some incense that you like, setting out a crystal that means something to you in terms of rebirth and new beginnings for the next month. And then I've pulled this off of spells8.com. This is a new moon chant that you could say during your spell, something like silver flowing, moonless night. God is showing her other side. She is my mother, her light my seed. Nature is the temple for all my needs. New moon sweetly rises, I see all constellations, a time of new beginnings, a time for restoration. Hear my words, give me speed, clear my paths, so shall it be. So that's a spell that you could do for the new moon. Okay, the next phase is the waxing crescent. This occurs three days after the new moon, and you'll see that crescent shape. And remember, waxing means getting bigger. The waxing crescent represents fertility, growth, abundance, and new beginnings. This is a time that many witches want to cast spells for the manifestation of money, new opportunities in career or school, or embarking on a new life adventure or a trip. This is also a time that represents the maiden phase of the triple goddess deity and other maiden deities with attributes that have a young, creative, and full of potential kind of self. Goddess Diana and goddess, goddess Artemis might be of interest for revering a deity at this time. And here are some of the types of spells that witches like to cast during the waxing crescent moon. New money, new job, new love, improve a relationship, increase confidence, remove obstacles. And here's a road opener spell that I found on the same website, spells8.com. And with this one, you could pull in a bowl of water, some incense, a crystal or a gemstone stone that means something to you, and a white candle. And then you could say the following chant. By the elements of universal light, I call to thee to give me your might Open all doors and watch over me. I trust in your aid, so shall it be. 
Then you want to visualize that empty open road that just opens the path for you for all the things you want to manifest for yourself and your loved ones. And then let the candle burn completely. I really like votive candles for spells because they do burn quickly. And I like fast and efficient ones. But you can certainly use a four inch chime candle or other types of candles for this spell. The next phase of the moon is the first quarter. This is seven days after the new moon and appears as a half moon. This is in the waxing phase where it's getting bigger. And again, this is called first quarter. This moon has the attributions of continuing with the intention set with the crescent waxing moon phase and seeks to enhance the very deepest of wishes and desires. Witches call upon this time to invoke stronger intuition for both the spiritual and emotional aspects of their work. Work at this time tends to be on self-attribute type of spells. So things like personal growth, self-esteem, bonding with family, increasing and improving those relationships, and health and beauty and, and attractiveness intentions are many of the goals for this phase of the moon. Many recommend that new witches cast their first spell during this time as the first quarter moon represents to them the strengthening of a witch's manif manifestations. So the types of spells that witches tend to use during the first quarter are spells for increasing confidence, good health and healing, adding power or doubling up on spells by adding more time and repetition to them, and increasing beauty and attractiveness. Here's a spell I found on Pinterest or that you may want to try. It would be a bath cleansing type of spell. You could fill your bathtub with water and scatter them with pretty roses or other flowers that really call to you. You can light some sort of fragrant candle or incense, maybe a vanilla or a floral one that smells really wonderful. And then as you take your bath, you would meditate on the image you would like to project on others and say this little chant, earth, air, fire, and sea, let the goddess's beauty shine through me. It's short and simple and sweet. I like it. Of course, there are many more out there that you could do. The next phase is the waxing gibbous. Spelled G-I, B as in boy, B as in boy, O-U-S as in Sam. This is the ever-expanding moon phase. It looks like it's about three quarters of the way full, not quite full. And this one happens between the 10th and 13th day after the new moon. This is a time that witches are called upon to observe the universe and allow it to just do its work, sort of trusting in it and being patient and waiting for things to happen. Consider it a time for rest and observation, something like a gestation period where the powers cast grow on their own at this point. It's also a great time to prepare spells for the next phase, which many witches consider a most powerful time, and that is the full moon. One of the things you can do during this time of rest and observation is prepare some jars or bottles 
that can be used to make something called moon water. Moon water is what witches refer to as water that's been charged by the moon. And it's simply water that's been set outside or in a windowsill or on a porch or anywhere where the light of the full moon can be captured and then set out to receive its energy. If you look for moon water online, you'll see many articles saying it's best to use spring water. However, you can use whatever water you like to drink. It can be filtered, tap, bottled, or whatever source of clean water you have available to you. Then you put it in your bottles or jars and you set it out when it gets dark outside and you let the moon cast its light on it to charge it and give it its energy. You can leave it out for a couple of hours and then bring it in, or you can leave it out all night and bring it in in the morning before the sun comes up. If you overslept, and hey, it happens to all of us, and didn't get out there early enough, just bring it in as soon as you remember. Remember that you can charge your crystals and other tools in the moon to both cleanse and pick up its energy, but ultimately what the energy means, it's your manifestation of what that light is to your objects. Now making moon water is a really fun DIY craft hobby too. You can get creative and add a little bit of lemon juice or other fruit water to your water. You can add a little bit of the contents of your vitamin capsule to make it a vitamin type of water. Although I'd say if you're adding fruit juice to it other than lemon or uh, perhaps any fruit juice and any vitamin type of water to it, you want to drink it soon. You want to be careful because some of that stuff can go bad kind of quickly. You can also decorate your jars or bottles with charms, ribbons. You can paint symbols on them or use a marker or pen or whatever you're called to do to decorate them however you'd like. And then if, especially if you added contents to your water, then keep it in the refrigerator. I personally just like to have plain water. And then when you want to drink the moon water for some intention for healing or grounding or adding some power to some of your spell work you were doing, that's a great way to use moon water. Here is something important to keep in mind. You can make moon water with any phase of the moon. Yes, it's true. Most witches commonly use the full moon to make moon water, but you can make it under other phases of the moon based on whatever intentions or attributes you want to set to your water. Okay, now let's talk about the full moon. The full moon happens 14 days after the new moon. And oh, this is a beautiful time that we love when it's shining bright high in the sky and cast that gorgeous glow of silver moonlight on top of the shadows of the trees and it lights our paths during a beautiful moonlit walk. Who doesn't love this phase? The full moon is said to represent the fulfillment of all of our work during the waxing phase. It's a time when it's expected that social interactions and communications ramp up and become more beneficial, speedy, and efficient. It's also considered a time where there is a greater connection to spirit, also a greater connection to energy, ancestors, and deities, and therefore any spell work done during this time is given a big boost due to the increased help from the spirit world. So what spells can you do during the full moon? Well, the answer is pretty easy. 
All types of spells are encouraged in this phase. It's perfect for longer, bigger rituals, for abundance, protection, love, and wisdom. Some witches consider this time of the full moon to give them the greatest chance for success. Here is a spell that you can do during the full moon. It's a really simple and easy one. You can take a white candle and a paper and pen. You'd light the white candle and place it on a dish. Watch the flame and think about the element of fire. Think about its life-giving power. And then again, I got this off of spells8.com. This is the chant that they provide. Tonight, I choose to reflect your light and open myself to radiant clarity. I light this fire in the name of the moon so that my request may be granted. Thank you, goddess, for I have obtained your blessing and vision by the light of a flame. So shall it be. Then, after you say the chant, you take a piece of paper and write down your petition. Let yourself go and write your wish in great detail, as specific as you can be. Then you fold it up and then place the paper under the dish and leave it there until the candle goes out. You don't want to leave the candle unattended, of course. And then after you've let your candle extinguish out, you can take the piece of paper and put it into your book of shadows or spellcasting journal. There are tons and tons of spells out there though that you can do. I will of course uh, give you some more information on the remaining phases of the moon. I hope today was a great good bit of information to begin preparing you for your own manifestations. Tomorrow it's going to be all about the waning moon. Let me know what you think by sending an email to me at michellelorraine at beingwitchy.com or go to my website potionsandparchment.com and add comments on my blog. If you'd like to receive more information on new things to come, be sure and add your email in the subscription button. I know I've got to say it, but it's true. I am so grateful that you've listened to my podcast today, and I wish you a beautiful, wonderful day of good things for you and those you love.